Today's episode of Little Bit Leave It is sponsored by the Lunch Council. Just some regular people who like lunch. Previously on Little Bit Leave It. Hey everybody, welcome back to Little Bit Leave It where we talk Love Island UK in the USA. My name is Ben, and with me, as always, my podcasting partner and partner in life, Rebecca. The mediocreist Rebecca. As opposed to... The worst Rebecca. That's right. We've still got a lot of the worst Rebecca to come, but today we are going to talk about season six episode 11 but before we get into that just a plug for our patreon that's how you can support the podcast and you can get bonus content with every single episode yeah if you support us we'll go ad free we'll get rid of those nasty breakfast and lunch guys yeah i don't know what their deal is starting to get a little concerning things seem to be escalating they can't let each other get away with this yeah yeah We do have some poached eggs, though, in today's show, and that might ultimately point a way forward because poached eggs, when's a good time for poached eggs? Brunch. That's right. I think we might be stumbling on to something really big here, folks. But anyway, the Patreon, patreon.com slash little bit leave it. That is where you can go subscribe for spoils of love after every single episode and all kinds of other cool bonus content you could even give us a dollar to shut up yep you could do that too actually two dollars a month is the minimum all right give us two dollars to shut up we won't insane bargain we won't shut up but we'll appreciate it yes we would appreciate it and also as a reminder if you are in the do bits society or Mm -hmm. the true brits society jolly good uh you can (laughs) you can vote in the uh, March Madness tournament still. Yeah, we're really excited about that. We've got Essex versus London. Essex versus London. And we've got Hotties versus Hustlers. Hotties versus Hustlers. I love it. It's going to be really good. We've even got playing games for each of the Sweet 16s. I think you're getting a little confused with your basketball terminology <laughs> there. We have playing games for the 16th seed. Whatever, man. In each conference. And we have four different conferences. Eventually, the Hotties Conference will go up against the Hustlers Conference. And eventually, the London Conference will go up against the Essex Conference. But at first, we got to get a winner out of each conference. Just like March Madness. Oh, I don't watch March Madness. Yeah, in college basketball. Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch college basketball. Yeah, I I gathered that. So, with all of that out of the way, we've got a really great episode. We're going to talk about episode 11. We're going to do a deep dive. Wee-hoo! Okay, you're going to do a deep dive. Damn, Can you tell skippy. us? Give us the headline. Yes, it's called Brits in Las Vegas. Oh, so having to do with today's challenge. Very, very interesting. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. But let's start off with the 11th night at the start of the 11th episode. And we've got an opening scene with a couple different couples, Shauna and Callum, Sophie and Connor. Excuse me, that's Cash and Soko. Cash and Soko. Yes. Okay, well, Cash always, to me, in Love Island, that's going to be Cash Hughes. That's uh, season three reference. Oh, God. But, uh, okay, Cash and Soko are out there talking a certain kind of shape. 
Yeah, they're getting shapey. No, they're not getting shapey. They are making a pact. Oh, no, a not pact. They say very specifically, not a pact. So they're making a not pact about avoiding triangles, both isosceles, simile, and otherwise. Simile? Yeah, Shauna only knows one kind of triangle, she tells us in the beach hut. And she says, not a simile, but something else. Yeah, I don't think a simile is a type of triangle. Well, I know that, and you know that, but Shauna doesn't know that, and it's hilarious. Yep, yep. So then after their non-pact, Callum tells all of them that he told Rebecca he was very into her and done with Shauna. It was a joke. My favorite little part of that is Callum and Connor Connor, telling Shauna to stop being a dick and just talk to Rebecca because Shauna's being a dick and hopefully one of these people will get her to listen. Obviously, that's not how it happens, but Shauna is being a dick. Yeah, well, we'll see how that goes later. And good for Callum and Connor for calling her out gently in a way that she... At least heard them, even if she's not going to listen. Yeah. Again, we'll see how that goes. Well, they know how that goes. Yes, I know. That's what I'm saying. We'll see how that goes, right? Not well. That's the implication, <laughs> right? Okay. I agree with you there. Okay. Let's move on. Yes. So, moving on. Word travels very quickly, huh? The kiss drama continues. Yeah, Rebecca tells Jess and Leanne... Kana is talking to uh, Finn. About Becky Big Balls, who initiated the kiss. Good for Finn for acknowledging Shawnice being hurt again. And, you know, he doesn't say it in a way to make Kana feel shitty or anything, but he does acknowledge that Shawnice is going to get hurt again. Finn is the quiet star of this episode. Watch interesting. It. That's Watch, interesting. No, this, this is a quiet Finn episode. I'm going to call it out every time Finn comes to somebody's emotional rescue. He is like a puppy in the best way possible. My man puppy. The quiet puppy. The quiet puppy man. Okay, the puppy man. That's what it was. Finn the puppy man. He's okay. the, he, and he s- sneaks around. He's a very sneaky, quiet little puppy. Who's no! a silent hero of the episode. Okay, I feel like you're blowing this way out of proportion. Let's just talk about Rebecca. Let's talk about the worst Rebecca. Go for it. We got our show title from, it's a direct quote from none other than Miss Worst Rebecca herself. The girl got what the girl wanted. And I think that works for a lot of the relationships on this show. So it was kind of a perfect title. We don't see a lot of Jess, do we? This is like the first time we've seen Jess in a while. She's not really part of any of the active story arcs right now. Really hasn't had anything since she entered the villa and had that little bit of drama with Mike. Yeah, poor Jess. I mean, it's good not to hear her voice, but I do feel bad for her. Tell me more. Why is Finn the quiet star or quiet hero of this episode? What does he do that makes him that? First, he reminds Kana that Shawnice is going to get hurt again. Yep. But in a loving, gentle way. Mm -hmm. He's not trying to make anyone feel bad. He and Paige have a cute little scene when he tells her that Rebecca and Kana are a thing. And I think that brings them back together temporarily. Finn sends Kana to speak to Shawnice when everyone's talking about the kiss in the kitchen. Yep. And so then Kana does eventually grab Shawnice. And how does that go? It's funny because they seem to handle it like adults. Although the number of times they say like, like, you know, like I understand, like, you know, it makes me realize why I have to edit those words out of these so much. Because you people don't hear it, but I hear it when I'm editing. Oh, you mean editing out of these episodes? Yes, editing myself out of the episodes. I edit out so many likes, you knows, and so's, and I was wondering where it came from, and now we know. 
Shawnee's and Kana, a pile of likes and ums. And the way it's cut makes it look like she knows something's afoot. They show her looking at the kitchen where everybody's buzzing. And who knows how realistic that is or how cut it is. But uh, I also thought it was funny when Connor said, oh, I can't look. But there's no yelling going on. It was two adults handling adult things in an adult manner. So I'm not really sure why Connor can't look, except maybe it upsets him to see people being rational adults. Speaking of places where it feels like we shouldn't be looking, how about dressing rooms, right? Which are very prominent in this season. I'd say season six, the dressing rooms become more prominent than in any previous season. And we've got a little bit of action tonight, huh? Oh, this is my favorite scene in the whole episode. Why is that? Oh, the girl drama is just such, it's so on display. It's like textbook. They're all getting ready for bed. It's been a weird night. Rebecca announces to the whole dressing room that now she feels like because she's picked somebody, she fits in better. Crickets. Nobody says anything. It's not her job to decide that she fits in better. The girls are going to let her know when she fits in or not. It's not up to her. So crickets, but then there is one little snarky comment. Yes. Shauna comes over and said, oh, have you made up your mind? And it seemed nice. But Rebecca says... Well, today made up my mind, and you can tell she heard exactly how Shauna meant it, and she was a bit chastened. And so what's funnier, on top of all this, is that after Rebecca announces that she fits in, it cuts to Kana with a G, and he makes that ooh face. And it's silent, but you know the face I'm talking about. Go back and watch it if you don't remember. Yep. And Connor, even Connor knows that she messed up. She should not have said that. She should not have said that. It's bedtime, and we got a little bit of snogging going on. Bam, chicka, bam, bam. A little bit of snogging and a little bit more. We've got Mike and Leanne smooching. We've got some cash smooching. And then downstairs on the couch, I am 93.5% sure that Soko is getting freaky. Wow. Yeah. So when Nosh jumps on them in the morning, does he know where that blanket's been? Because we do. Whoa. Yeah, Nas, I hope you've got a big water come on your foot. Oh, oh, that's lovely. So waking up on day 12 and it's... Come on our feet and all. Oh, come on your foot. Jeez. (laughs) Been there. Oh. Anyway, we've got breakfasts going on. Battle of the boyfriend breakfasts. Yep. What does Mike make? Mike brings Leanne heart-shaped cold toast with jam. What? He tried. This is so unappetizing. And also, it's not very much food. No, it's not. It's ridiculous. I mean, what? She does seem to appreciate it, but... Who would want that? I don't know. I, I, ugh. Rebecca gets baller poached eggs, so good for her. The poached egg queen gets poached in return. Yes, poached eggs. We were going to do a deep dive on it, but that's, yeah. that's stupid. We'll share a recipe if we find one. You know, just or, or like a firsthand kind of live recording of us poaching eggs. Or we'll just put up a photo that we find on Google and be like, here are some poached eggs. Because let's be real. <laughs> or where we'll just eat some poached eggs. And... And, you'll ha- and you'll have to take our word for it. <laughs> yeah. We'll post a picture on Twitter. Yeah, we'll post a picture of uh, some poached eggs. That's a good idea. Yeah. All right. Oh, I can wear my new Love Island shirt. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've got a text. Yeah, you've got a text. All right. So. 
So. So. Then we get the most forced scene. Oh, no, the second most forced scene in this whole episode. And what's that? Paige and Leanne, or the producers, make Shauna and Rebecca sit down and talk. Oh, yeah. Neither of them want to be there. This is fun. Rebecca calls Shauna out because in the real world, and I do agree with Rebecca on this, if a guy and a girl were together and some other girl liked the guy, she wouldn't go to the other girl and say, hey, I like your man. But this is Love Island, bitch. This is Love Island, bitch. And it don't work that way. And Shauna says, I just wouldn't go up to any man if he had a girl, period. And what can Rebecca say to that? Rebecca can't really say anything to that. So Rebecca tries to make peace, but Shauna really is not having it. Shauna continues to be a dick. Shauna continues to be a dick. And then we get a little bit of suspicious minds. Yeah, that was so weird. I had to look up what song that was. And to be honest, like I know a fair number of Elvis songs. And once I saw what it was, I said, oh, duh. It's like a later Elvis song. Well, here's the thing, though. It was much more popular, I think, in the UK than it was here. Well, that makes sense. Not that it wasn't popular here, but we'll talk about this later. Okay. We do have a boys challenge this episode. Lads Vegas. Right, why were they not singing Viva, Viva Las Vegas? That would be a, a, that would a better too. one. Sorry, y'all. So this is another one of these... Laddie obstacle courses. Yeah, How get, do you go through an obstacle course in a laddie way? Um, I'm not really sure. In, in fact, a silly costume and with lots of booty shaking and yeah. I can't... Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be cheeky. I don't know. It's, it's very actually unclear to me why Finn even wins. But he wins the competition, which is, you know, it's one of the stupidest challenges yet. I think at this point, all of the challenges on Love Island have boiled down to one group, either the guys or the girls, stripping down and getting wet and messy and doing an obstacle course and picking someone to kiss, right? Is that- well, we're not far along enough for the real devastating one, so they have to keep us busy until then. I'm just thinking back to the early seasons where we had some challenges that were really creative, really fun. Like when they had to build boats and go across the pool in that season one. I yeah, think, I think so. Right? That was that was a dope episode. That was amazing. The and clay dicks in season two was yep. fantastic. Yeah, that was really good. Another season one where they had to build, the girls had to build furniture without instructions, I think. That was also really good. I think the guys had to like read the instructions right. and the girls had to build it, which is really sexist, but also it was really funny and really uncomfortable. Some of these girls have never hit a flat pack and it shows. One of my criticisms of the show is that the quality of the challenges has gone down over time, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a fair criticism. So there weren't any real surprises, I didn't think, in this challenge in terms of couplings. Uh, Sophie was sick. Shawnice was still happy to take her place with Kana, though. That is very true. I mean, he's still good-looking, and they're still friendly, so... Yep. If she could be around that giant hunk of caramel sauce for an afternoon, why not? <laughs> and then we are back at the villa... With, with the most forced scene of the episode! Yes. So, clearly, when people in their early to mid-twenties get around, uh, especially groups of guys, what's the topic of conversation? Fishing. No. Massages. No. Boobs. 
weddings, obviously. All guys in their early and mid-twenties are obsessed with thinking about their weddings. Well, Callum is. Apparently. He's picked the songs. What song? If he was American and he said the same thing and he was everything else that he was, what song would he pick? It, what's that song about the um, guy who's talking about, like, you make me want to roll my window down? That oh, one. totally. That's the totally. song. That, hey, if you're... That's his first dance is, uh, like, you make me want to take my window down and roll or whatever the hell it goes. Oh, my God. That was amazing. Hey, if you're a Patreon subscriber... Or you have an email address. You should let us know what song you think he would pick for any part of the wedding. First dance with the bride, with his mother. Yeah, yeah. Little bit leave it podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Email us there. Let us know the songs that should be in Callum's wedding. We can make a Spotify playlist. I think that'd be fun. Yes. All right. We will do a Spotify playlist for Callum's wedding. All right. And we will put that up on the Patreon. Shut up and dance with me. Yeah, that's that's definitely in there. Just a small town girl. That's definitely in there. Yep, yep. I also think, let's get it started in here. Let's get it started in here. Right? Tonight's gonna be a good, good night. Yeah, I've got a feeling. I hate that song so much. When they say Mazel Tov, I want to, like, kick things. It's I such know. a desperate ploy for the bar mitzvah scene. I know. As a Jew, it really offends me. I'm not even, like, a bat mitzvah Jew, and I, it offends me. Because I like bat and bar mitzvah parties. Those are dope. Yeah. Who doesn't love watching a bunch of prepubescent and early pubescent children figure out, you know, coat closets? It's and- got to be one of the most awkward things to watch as an adult. I could not watch my own son's bar mitzvah as a, at least the party i could watch the ceremony part but the party i feel like would be so awkward i feel like we missed a very important conversation oh our no. son is getting bar mitzvah i i haven't i haven't really thought okay. about that okay good anyway yeah. anyway yeah. let's talk about something important what could be more important than the uh, discussing the values with which we're going to raise our child Two new boys have entered the villa. Oh, wow. Okay. That is more important. For our purposes, it is. And they're both named Luke. One of them looks like Bieber. Connor mentions Bieber, fuck off. Because Connor's jealous again. Connor's jealous again. Sophie's been sick all day. Sophie is like just now emerging. I think she joins them at this point. And Connor's jealous again. Surprise, surprise. And these two Lukes... At first, there was some promise. You know, the girls are like, oh, they're going to shake things up. Yeah, one of them is going to really cause drama. And who do we get? We get two kind of uh, low-key... Mild-mannered doofuses. Yeah. But it's Operation Get Shawnee Man. Apparently. That's what the most important part is. They are going to get Shawnee Man. And we will see how that goes. We've got a recoupling coming up. This is a very, very exciting couple of episodes. So Yeah, well, I just want to say one last thing about this episode, uh, and that is the Paige and Finn nonsense, because this is the last scene in the show, which is disappointing for it to end on this, pretty much. Uh, another place where Finn shines. Paige is freaking out about some, like, misdemeanor. What When they were all seated around the fire pit, like, Finn yep. didn't sit with her. Okay, so that's like a Love Island misdemeanor. Yeah. I get why she's annoyed, but she really takes it over the top. Mm-hmm. She won't even let him get a word in. She keeps stomping away from him. 
she's still pushing him away. Yeah, you got to wonder how tight, how secure they are as a couple. They keep facing these hurdles and coming back together. They got through the Rebecca thing. They had a number of sweet conversations. They confirmed today that they are, you know, Rebecca free. Are we watching this season's Cam and Amber? Oh, I don't know. Mm. But even when she's, you know, yapping at him, and I feel like that's a little sexist, but she's being a kind of cray-cray, being a little hysterical, his body language is still really affectionate. And when he's shushing her, it doesn't sound condescending. Like, it should sound condescending, but it just sounds like he's trying to help her. Her nervous system is haywire, and he's just trying to, like, bring her down a little bit. And she does calm down. I think she feels his good vibe. So Finn, quiet star of the episode. So Finn, the quiet puppy star. I don't agree with these rankings at all. Well, we're not we're not up there yet. You're you're getting way ahead of us because way ahead of who? I'm here. I'm way ahead of you. Way ahead of you. We've got like two segments before we rank the couples. (laughs) That's okay. Even before we get to the next segment, we do have to acknowledge our sponsor. I can complain about the rankings anytime I want. I guess that's true. But today's episode of Little Bit Leave It is sponsored by the Lunch Council. Hey, it's us, the Lunch Council. Do you really think we're being bankrolled by some nefarious billionaire with an evil plan to destroy breakfast? That's sheer lunacy. And if you take a look at the facts, you might be in for a surprise. We're not looking to start fights with the other meals, but you should know that it's breakfast that has been out to destroy us as well as dinner for a long time now. In fact, that's why we started the lunch council in the first place. I'll bet you didn't know that the breakfast sandwich is responsible for a 30% decline in lunchtime sandwich consumption in the last decade, or that over 300 steakhouses across America have closed in the last five years due to a shortage in steaks. Steaks that used to be for dinner, but now are sadly allocated towards steak and eggs. And have you ever seen a commercial for breakfast cereal? They're ridiculous. Not only are they brainwashing children with flashy cartoon characters like Cornelius the Rooster, they show a complete breakfast as having cereal, toast, a glass of orange juice, another glass of milk, and maybe some fruit thrown in on the side. Who could eat that much for breakfast? You'd feel sick all day. You'd probably go back to bed with a stomach ache. And at the very least, you'd skip lunch. We're not going to use scare tactics or promote wild conspiracy theories unlike some other meal period trade associations. We're just going to tell you the truth. And the truth is that lunch is in trouble, folks. Lunch needs your help. Remember all of those times lunch was there for you? Well, now it's time for you to show up for lunch. Wow, so we're recording this on January 10th, and that takes on a much more ominous tone. Do they know what's going on? I don't know. I think just advertisers in general, you know, there's a certain mood, I suppose. They want to strike a certain tone. This is not a hashtag mood. Yeah. Okay, anyway... We have a deep dive, right? We're going to talk about British people in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. Inspired by Lads Vegas. You know, Americans, we have certainly have our image of our homegrown playground for grownups. We were thinking maybe British people might 
think about it a little differently. So I'm curious to hear what you found. Okay, so like I said, this was sparked by the guys singing Suspicious Minds when the challenge was announced, and I couldn't figure out why they picked that song. I decided to do a deep dive on the relationship between British people and Las Vegas and also a little bit about Elvis and the UK, because why not? So here's the bottom line. They like it the same reasons we do. Well, that makes sense. Over a million Brits a year, and obviously this is pre-COVID. I hope you're not going to Vegas. I hope nobody's going to Vegas. Uh, Over one million Brits a year visit Las Vegas because there's a huge number of attractions in one small place. So if you're coming to the U.S., you get a lot of bang for your buck. Grand Canyon, California, there's all kinds of places you can go. Oh, that's interesting. I never really thought that, yeah, you could drive to Los Angeles you could even get into Mexico. Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix. You could, you could go to Phoenix. <laughs> no. The trip advisor for my red. A British guy was like, I went to Las Vegas and I drove down to Phoenix. To You're just five hours from Amarillo, Texas. Yeehaw. Okay. You're derailing this. They said that their money goes further in the U.S. They could even get to Salt Lake City. And shopping is cheaper here, which is amazing, considering... Yeah, so the places people mentioned were Grand Canyon, Yellowstone, L.A., San Francisco, Phoenix. And Salt Lake City. Where's Salt Lake City? They didn't say Salt Lake City. No one was excited about Mormons. Common language, good weather. Vegas is heavily featured on U.S. TV shows. Really? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, TV shows. Yeah, I know. So they watch American TV shows, and Vegas is one of the places that they see a lot. That makes sense. There is a James Bond tour. And VivaLasVegasWeddings.com does a Bond-themed wedding. Huh. There's a British auto club. There's a Gordon Ramsay restaurant. Well, Gordon Ramsay's also in Atlantic City. Yeah, but come on. And there are a bunch of small, exclusive suburban residential areas that are very popular with British retirees. Hmm. You know, you can have outdoor activities like golf, horseback riding, swimming, hiking. A lot of people mention the weather here. And Las Vegas is so much better than in Britain. Duh. Do you know if that on any of the private little residential enclaves with a lot of British people, whether they've made it so they can drive on the left-hand side? No, Ben, I didn't look that up. I'm just curious. There's also no income tax. They like that too. But all selfish old people like that. Yeah. So then there's Blackpool. The British, they're just like us. Yeah. Then there's Blackpool, which is the UK equivalent. It's about 250 miles northwest of London. It has all the same stuff as Las Vegas. Food, shows, they only have a little bit of gambling. Northwest of London. I bet the weather is lovely. They have an indoor water park. Oh, there you go. Uh, They have a pleasure beach and an amusement park, which is the UK's most visited tourist attraction and one of the most visited amusement parks in the world. They have a zoo, they have a tower dungeon, and they have a football team there. So I am curious. I think that we should go to Blackpool. Well, a 2002 article in The Guardian asks, is Blackpool the new Vegas? The answer Ooh. is no. Oh. But they tried, and I bet it's fun, you know, if you're local. and. Yeah, I don't think we would center a vacation around it, but it might be interesting to see for a day or two. Let's talk Elvis and the UK for a minute. Okay. As of mid-2019, Elvis had the most top 10 singles in the UK. You want to guess how many? Um, 40. Way more. 68. No. 103. Less. 87. No, 76. Oh, so I was 68. I was not that far. No. No, you know, I should have guessed after 68. What? 76, because then I would have been right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So 
he's the only act to have more than 70. And, really? the, ne- and the next most is Cliff Richard at 68, which is why I said a very specific no to 68. Oh. I don't even know who Cliff Richard is. Yeah, he's kind of like the British Elvis. Where are the Beatles on that list? Uh, I think second, but try not to ask me too many questions because if I don't have the answer, I just sound stupid. You're like, where are the Beatles? I don't fucking know. Talk about Elvis here. Don't challenge my authority. Okay. Yeah, so singles move faster in the UK, and so more songs reach the top. Oh. And so that is part of it, but that's still pretty impressive. He had 21 number ones. Whoa. He is the first artist to have five through 21 number ones. Huh. Yes. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? First artist to have, yeah, he was the first one to have five number ones, the first to have six, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Which includes three of them in 2005. 2005? Yes. That seems a little weird. I mean, that's that's very posthumous. Yes. Or posthumous. Posthumous. Yeah, I like posthumous. Posthumous is is better. It sounds more like what it means. Like he used to be a humus, but now he's post. Yes, exactly. Like post-human. Suspicious Minds did hit number one in the U.S. in 1968, but it did not hit number one in the U.K. So when, why do they know it and we do not know it? I don't know. When was it a big hit in the U.K.? Ever? Was it ever a big hit in the U.K.? Yes. Okay. In 2002. Oh, okay. These two dudes, and I should have listened to it, but I forgot because it's been a weird week did a cover of Long and Winding Road and Suspicious Minds, and it hit number one in 2002. These fellas named Will Young and Gareth Gates. You and I will have to go listen to this. I should have, but... These are two songs that I do not care for in particular, so to have them combined in one place is convenient because I can avoid that place. (laughs) All right, well, if anyone listens to it and thinks we should, just let us know. Yeah, email us, littlebitleaveitpodcast at gmail.com. And then just a few more Elvis UK things. I'm going to end it with a good story. The 2015 Christmas CD with Elvis dubbed over the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra sold over 1 million copies. Hmm. That's actually pretty good. I've heard that. In 2017, there was an exhibit of his costumes at the O2 Center and Arena touring show with the Royal Philharmonic, big screen film footage, and an appearance by Priscilla Presley. Wow. In 2018, there was a musical, This is Elvis, Burbank and Vegas, about how he rebelled against exploitation and then had his Vegas renaissance derailed by Colonel Tom Parker, and he ended up stuck in Las Vegas. Right. How many shows did Elvis do in the UK? I'm going to go with 27. Zero. Wow. Zero. Colonel Tom Parker was an illegal Dutch immigrant and wouldn't let Elvis perform overseas because he was afraid he wouldn't get back into the United States. Huh. And if that doesn't just sum it all up, I don't know what does. Yeah. Elvis did visit on his own in 1958. He visited both Houses of Parliament and Buckingham Palace, and he was joined by UK star Tommy Steele. And I have found this story in various states of confirmation throughout the questionably reliable sources I was using. Mm-hmm. If anyone knows anything else interesting about Elvis and the UK, let me know, because that's the kind of weird shit I'm into. Also, if you know any more weird twin shit, I'm into that also. The twin thing again? Why not? I don't know. Yeah, I guess it could have gone a little deeper. 
No, are I we going to do a follow just, up on Elvis? You think? No, I just want to know things that other people know. Oh, okay. What what the hell else are we all doing? I don't know. Take five minutes from doom scrolling on Twitter and send me weird twin shit. Not pictures, please. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. It's funny. You know, that whole doom scrolling on Twitter thing, that's becoming an evergreen type of comment. So even though, you know, this show is being recorded in a specific time, I think things are just like this now. It'll be pertinent. Yeah. Anyway. You know what I say? I say it's time for the TNA report. Not much here today, folks. We got mostly negatives. During the lads challenge, Rebecca had her hair up and a half pony and a scrunchie. Now, I'm sure that's cool among you youths, but I remember the first time that came around and I got to tell you, it wasn't cute then and it's not cute now. F minus to the beach hut for not lighting Mike properly at all. Yeah. What's up with that? Hmm. What's up with that indeed? Yeah. I wonder. Fuck that. Uh, F minus the same cheap red dress on Jess or is that a new cheap red dress on Jess? I'm going to write a Dr. Seuss poem, Cheap Red Dress on Jess. That's a good one. I think, you sure that doesn't already exist? Will you take her to the store? Will you buy her another steak more? I don't know. Another steak more? I don't know. I wasn't trying to fat shame. Just like steaks are expensive and she's in a cheap dress. I don't know. I wasn't trying to be mean. I would say, would you buy her dresses more? Okay. Right? Would you take her to the store and would you buy her dresses more? Buy her dresses. That's what I said. Buy her dresses. Then take her to bed. Colored red. I like, mine I like mine better. No, because we were talking about red dresses. So I set it up to rhyme with red, not bed. I, You know, I I have some real questions. Real questions. <laughs> about my character? Listen, we have an, we have an F positive. Wait. <laughs> a What? We have a good fashion moment. Um, Shawnice's white mock neck dress when she's about to go on the date with Luke T. Looks very nice. Her hair looks nice. She doesn't look too made up, if you know what I mean. Shawnice, we're on to you. Yep. And that is what I have for TNA Report. Oh, and I just want to make a quick note about culture shock. I don't have anything about that. Do you? Uh, I don't think so today. So I just wanted to mention that in the game... Ian says something about taking her up the aisle, which is literally like a physical thing that they were supposed to do. And it was definitely a double entendre, taking her up the aisle. It had to be. But I looked for like a special meaning of it in the UK and didn't find one, including Cockney slang. I didn't find one. If I'm wrong, send me an email. But I was hoping it was something like really dirty. But yeah, it was just, you know, a silly double entendre. Is it even a double entendre taking, taking it up the aisle? Taking her up the aisle? Taking her know. up the aisle. Isn't it just mean like taking her, getting married, and then they have the conversation about weddings, right? Isn't isn't that what the aisle refers to? I mean, yeah, but taking, you, think I like, you sound like taking it up the ass. <laughs> that's what you sound like you're trying to say. Taking, taking her up the aisle. Like that's like. <laughs> it's an excellent euphemism. All right. That's new slang. You heard it here first, folks. New slang. Stick it on her and take her up the aisle. Take, stick it on her and take her up the aisle. I love it. I love it. I'm going to hell. I'm so, going to hell. So, you know what that means. It is time to rank the couples. And again, I want to submit my disapproval. No, when we, when we made these rankings, you were 
totally on board. And now that uh, you think it's a little mean, you're going back on it. But uh, I think. No, because who's first? Go from top to bottom. Yeah. Take her up the aisle. And <laughs> it's still funny. Uh, all right. Who's number one? Callum and Shauna begrudgingly. See? And you, you put in begrudgingly, right? Because even then, I disagree. Well, you said that because they are very kind of lovey-dovey in this episode, right? Yes, this is the longest. At least for the end. Yeah, this is the longest. No, they started off lovey-dovey. Yeah. They were in the pact. Yeah. Not pact, excuse me, with Soko. So yes, begrudgingly, I think this is the best 45 minutes that Shauna and Callum have had to date. Yeah, and that's why I thought that you wanted to put them at number one and then Soko at number two. Yeah, that's why. With number three, we have Rebecca and Kana with a G. He's grown on me, which is annoying. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. <laughs> I like him now. He really is like a stable That must be person. so annoying to like him now. It but, is so annoying. Yeah. And then uh, right in the middle, basically, we've got our neutral team, Mike, Mike and, and Leanne. Leanne. She's leading him on and he's not happy and who will know? Falling to number five. And this is where I really, I guess because of the whole nonsense at the end, it's fine. Go ahead. Yeah, Paige and Finn. Break my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Hot Miss Piggy and the Puppy Man. Hot Miss Piggy and the Puppy Man. I love that. Should write a children's book. Speaking of children's books, number six, Nas and Jess. What? What? What does that have to do with each other? And coming in at number seven, Luke M and Luke T together as a couple because two Lukes, right? Yeah, two Lukes yeah. more than one. And in the basement, by herself, Shawnee's. And I thought that was kind of mean. Again. That's mean. It's not mean. You were totally down with Shawnee's being in the basement because, well, if you are a patron, you will find out as we continue this discussion in spoils of love but there is a possible redemption arc for shawnees this season we'll see thank you very much to everybody for listening we will be back again next monday as we are every monday on spotify and apple podcasts and all the other stuff and saturdays on patreon so until then from staten island to love island Cut it out.